You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf on your 24-7 home of the black and gold Steelers Nation Radio. Murray in the gun, gets the snap, he's back, chased out of the pocket, rolls left, still on his feet, he wants to throw it, he does under great duress, and the pass is going to be intercepted by Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden with his second pick of the game, hits third in two weeks, and that ends any Arizona hopes. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio in the locker room? Matt Williamson, Wesley Euler in for Tunch and Wolf this morning on a victory Monday. Three straight for your Pittsburgh Steelers. Six out of their last eight. And Matt, we got a whole bunch to get into. We got open phone lines, 412-919-1316, the digits to dial. You could tweet us at Williamson NFL, at Wesley Euler on Twitter. Three in a row, six out of eight for the Steelers, and... The venue has changed, but the recipe is the same. The Steelers defense, once again, uh, it seems like 20 is the magic number. Just hit 20 points for the offense. The defense will take care of the rest. And they uh, they did so again in Arizona. Absolutely. And you mentioned the venue. I just wanted to give a shout out to Steeler Nation for representing so yeah. well. I had so many buddies just I haven't heard from, from in a while. Hey, Williamson, are you in Arizona? Let's get a beer. Or, or you know, this, <laughs> yeah. this is going to be a home game. But you know, it looked like it was a blast all weekend being there. Um, showed up on game day. Great representation. And it just shows what the organization and this fan base is right now. And, and to take it a step further, Coach Tomlin's never had a losing season. You know, I That's mean, crazy. It, it, it ensures that yet another year where the team will not have a losing record. Uh, again, just a testament to the whole organization top to bottom. Yeah, speak about that for a second. I saw the tweet, um, and I can find it here if you give me a second. But I think Don Shula is the only other coach in NFL history now that has had – he had 14 straight non-losing, non-losing seasons. Really? Okay. Uh, but Tomlin is now in second place with 13. Wow. Just what that means to in a league like football that, that we know is the ultimate parody sport. Sure. Such a small sample size. Uh, they want every team to be just a few plays away from 8-8, eight and eight, right? Oh, in, in In the way that things are set up now. Uh, just a testament to, to Mike Tomlin that – you know, it started out, Matt, oh, he's only winning with Cowers players. Well, now he's only doing it with Big Ben. Well, now Ben's gone. Everyone's been injured. Uh, and they're 8-5, and five, and he's now a Baker's dozen years in without having a losing season. I mean, two months ago, I'm, I'm sure we just looked at it as a foregone conclusion that he's going to have a losing season. Right, yeah. yeah. Okay, I mean, this is enough, and it goes down, and all the injuries, and Connor and Juju. and uh, But really, when Ben went down, it was, well, can they get to 8-8? Eight eight? Probably not. You know, I mean, it's, it, it's going to be a climb. Um, you know, Shula is a phenomenal coach and really fundamental oriented, always led the league in fewest penalties, things like that, you know, and obviously longevity. Um, but in those days, people weren't raiding your rosters, you know, like you didn't win the Super Bowl and lose people to free agency left and right. Um, they did have the same problems that the Steelers have now that you're, you know, a phenomenal organization. Obviously, the Patriots deal with this a lot that you don't get. I often talk about this. In, in any given draft, there's probably five or six blue chippers. And yes. then there's probably your Nick Bosa. Yeah, that any year they're going in the top mm-hmm. ten, you know. And maybe there's one or two special players, like a luck. Um but to take it a step further, there's rarely twenty guys that are 
consensus first rounders. You know, there's usually 12 to 16, something like that, which means the Steelers and those Dolphin teams and Patriots, they don't ever get any of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Basically, unless you trade up to 10 or trade your next year's first sure. for Minka or things like that. I mean, we talked about it that Minka, or sorry, pardon me, Devin Bush, yeah. first top 10 pick they've had on defense since Rod Woodson, since 87. I wasn't even born yet, Matt. <laughs> <All right. laughs> and he just became one of the top 100, you know, like, you got to make those count, too. I mean, there's teams like the Jags that pick there every year, and they don't make them count. They end up being Rams. Um, so that's just to your point, though, that the league sets you up to not stay at the top. Um, having a huge, you know, a big-time quarterback goes a real long way, but they don't have that this year. You know, I mean, it's really remarkable. It is. Mike Tomlin locked up his 13th straight non-losing season to start a head coaching career. Don Shula did that before having a losing season in his 14th. Marty Schottenheimer had 14 in a row. That's the list. Is that to start the career? Start the career as a head coach. Yes, because Belichick, I think, now is on 15 or 16 straight non-losing seasons. And he did it in a year without a whole season without Brady, right? Where they went eleven and five with right. Matt they Castle. Missed the I think. They missed the playoffs year, at eleven and five. Still which, a double digit win, which, which is bad, which right? is pretty crazy. But yeah, uh, that's the list. Marty Schottenheimer at fourteen, Don Shula at thirteen, Mike Tomlin at thirteen. Uh, never have a losing season. It, so that obviously starts with year one. I, I think. Right. I think too. When you consider, it, it's not like Matt that this is been the Patriots situation where, I mean, yeah, the Jets were good under Rex Ryan for what, two, maybe three years. Other than that, their division has been a crapshoot every year. I I mean, look at the Steelers division. The best team in football is in the Steelers division this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Ravens have since the turn of the century, won two Super Bowls in the Steelers division, the Bengals, while we like to laugh at them, they had a few years there where they were winning 12, 13 games where they were winning division titles. It's been a, Good division. I think, too, if, if the Bengals would have just managed to win one playoff game in the last decade to, right. like, to, like, get off the schneid in that regard, we'd talk about this, you know, this division, look what they did in the last decade. The Steelers won two Super Bowls and appeared in another. The Ravens won two Super Bowls and, and could make an appearance this year, potentially. You know, the Bengals were able to, to make some noise. It's just, man. I have mixed feelings on that. I'm not, I'm not cutting you down at all because people love around here love to kill the kill. I know Patriots. to poo poo the Patriots division, right? And their win percentage is actually better outside, outside of the division, right? In. Yeah. But just talking about AFC North though for a minute, the to me, if you would rank the organizations in the league over the in the 2000s, let's just say that. Okay. Two of them would be in the North that are top five to me, where one of them would be in the East. Obviously, the Patriots would be one. I think the Steelers would be number two on that list. The Ravens would be top five, you know, along with Seattle sure. and whomever, you know, New Orleans, who knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do Colts, think. Colts, maybe. The, yeah, right. The Ohio teams, to me, would also be bottom five, though. You know, like, I know everyone likes to say, boy, the North is so tough. And you know how bad the Browns have been for since oh. they've been in inception. And really, most Bengal years have been awfully bad. And in terms of the way they're run, they're at the bottom of the league, too. But that being said, and I haven't seen the stat in a couple weeks, but. Since the AFC North was created, the Steelers are winning like 75% of their games in the division. I mean, it's a monstrous number. So, again, it's just a testament to the organization. I'm not cutting down the Steelers at all. Yeah, I like how you say testament to the organization. I think that's fair, too, because rightly so. Mike Tomlin's going to get a lot of credit. This defense is going to get a lot of credit. Absolutely. Duck has gotten a lot of credit. But I think Kevin Colbert and the entire scouting department deserve some kudos for what they were able to do. I mean, 
I'd be lying if I wasn't one of the people, if I told you I wasn't one of the people scratching my head whenever the Steelers went out and traded their first round pick for, you know, the first time since the Beatles were still touring. <laughs> and and it, when they had already lost Ben Roethlisberger, right? And they were already 0-2 on the season. And man, it felt like this is, you know, like now is when you're going to go for it? Really? Like like now? We want to do it? All the opportunities you had over the last years to go out and maybe bring in somebody to help that, you know, now you're going to, you know, with Ben Roethlisberger out for the rest of the season, you're going to go and trade that first round. But, you know, yeah. that first round pick could be a top 10 pick. That's what we're all thinking. They never punted on this season. They never punt on any season. And I, I think it's just a testament, Matt, from the top to the bottom. They are all on the same page. They've got that organizational continuity and they, they just have a bunch of people who know what they're doing. Yeah, they really do. And that's absolutely true. Starts with ownership, filters all the way down. Um, you know, a lot of the national media were even saying things like, this is a desperate trade for Minka, for, you know, right. Kevin and Coach. They're just trying to save their jobs, you know, things like right. that. I'm like, that's not how this organization works, no. man. You know, I mean, uh, does that mean their jobs were 100% secure if the season would have been 2-14 and 14 or whatever? I don't know. Prob- probably not. Who knows? But – they didn't look at it that way. It wasn't like trade everything away yes. like Houston is right now. Correct. You know, just get anything you can, win now. That's not how they're, they're organized. I mean, the Roonies wouldn't fly. You know, that wouldn't fly from the top down. Um, I love the trade when it happened, and I feel justified because it was a rare opportunity to get one of those blue chip guys. You know, and at worst, it was going to be a 10th pick overall, something like that. Right. But now it looks like it'll be 20 or later, or a good chance. I mean, who knows? They could lose their next three, too. I mean, who knows? But again, it, it just shows how they're, how, how they view things, you know, that, <laughs> and to have the guts to pull Rudolph is a yeah, big move, too. That's true. I mean, it really is. I mean, because he was, you know, he, we're just, we're not, we don't care about this year. We're grooming him for next year, see if he could be Ben's successor. No, you're out, dude. You're not getting it done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, you don't really have that much opportunity to to evaluate those type of things. Or the, uh, maybe that was the evaluation. But I think it, there's no way that they fully punted on Mason Rudolph at no, this point. No, either. not at all. But he a, needed to be pulled. They, he clearly did. And Duck has come in. And first undrafted quarterback to ever win his first three starts. It's crazy, yeah. And you know what was encouraging for me too, Matt? And there's a lot of minutia that we'll get into here on the show over the next you know hour and 50 minutes or so. But I, for the first time, maybe all season, I liked how the Steelers came out on offense. And they, yeah. they, they weren't able to find to get a touchdown, but they come out, they get points on their first drive, they stack a couple first downs. I, I for the first time, felt good about the offense after an opening drive. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And uh, the quarterback and the play calling is not bashful anymore. They're they're going to yes. put the ball in the air and and let these young talented receivers make some plays on the ball, even if they're, quote, covered, you know, 50-50 balls, those type of things, um, using a lot of different people, uh, you know, which in a, in a way is great in in that they're harder to prepare for or this sure. guy's not going to be getting the ball over and over and over. We can't just take one guy away. But it's also a, <laughs> a testament for they're, they're searching for who their playmakers are. Yes. You know, I mean, if they had Lev Bell in his prime, he would have got to about 40 times sure. in that game. Sure. You know what I mean? They just – they're they're still looking, yeah. They're still kind of trying to figure out what their bread and butter is, right? What their meat and potatoes are, where to hang their hat, if you will. Right, and to some degree, over the last couple of weeks, it sure looks like Washington and Deontay yeah. Johnson are going to be foundation players. Uh, Juju should be back sooner than later, so maybe that trio is the best thing they have going for them, as long as the quarterback keeps being able to give them the ball. And, and I gotta think. It's a dangerous line 
to waddle, if you will. <laughs> Ducks, <laughs> Ducks confidence level. Because right. I think it's a good thing. But and, he called himself a gunslinger last week. Like, but he called himself dude. a gunslinger. Right. You know, now you're getting Juju back. Right. And now you're starting to have some success. And you're 3-0. and And you're looking, hey, man. Two straight games. I just took out the last two number one overall picks. This is like playing Alcorn State. You know? I, I, I just, I, I'm a good player. Right? I just took out the last two Heisman winners and back-to-back games here. <laughs> right. I'm getting Juju back. I'm getting James Conner back. Let's go sling this thing around. It's. I won my version of a Heisman, too. Yes. I, I threw for more yards than Baker right. and Kyler. I right. Mean, I'm the man. There's, a, there's still a line to waddle there, right? There's still a line to toe there between, again, 20 23 24 27 points is the magic number don't do anything to put your defense in an adverse situation and like yesterday matt even against this was something you and i talked about on friday right the cardinals propensity to not hurt themselves on offense the Mm -hmm. cardinals strength of ball security right that was a shocker even against a team like that the steelers are go uh, able to go out there take away the ball multiple times uh in big situations in the red zone and at the end of the game that that's I mean, two keys there from previous years. How many times did we talk about this offseason? How are they going to take the ball away more? How are they going to take the ball away more? <laughs> Is and, that something that they can really get better at, Matt? Right, or they just right. not have the personnel? <laughs> and, and clearly their offseason moves were dictated in that direction. But there's still some randomness to it. You know, like that defense last year, if they would play those same 16 games again, probably would have had more takeaways. I sure. mean, the Niners had two interceptions last year. That's never going to happen again. You know and they I mean? did last like, year. I mean, the Steelers forced like seven or eight fumbles last year, right, and only recovered one or two of them. Right, so there is some randomness. There's some anomalies sure. in there. But, you know, back to like what you mentioned with Kevin Colbert in the front office, I mean, they're much faster now. The pass rush is in place. So that's clearly changed. You know, that the, the big criticism was, yeah, this defense is good, but they don't make any big plays. And then I've often heard over the years, too, and I'm not sure I totally buy this, too, but the – Boy, the defense has played well today, except for when it mattered most. They crumbled down the stretch, and they need to make a big play late. Well, they're making big plays late, too, you know, to crunch time and crucial drives. Yeah. There was a couple times they were gassed, and they right. and they were gassed. Jason they were. At a high pace. <laughs> and they yeah. were still making plays. They right. were still keeping everything in front of them. That could have went a lot worse in a couple phases. I was game. worried about that, too, because we've seen that a couple times this year, uh, namely early in the season uh, when the Steelers were co- still kind of cutting their teeth in a lot of ways. We saw that against the Seahawks. We saw that against the Niners, right? Maybe even in that overtime loss against the Ravens at times where the defense was just, yeah, they were out there for uh, the Niners. I know they played 20 more, I think it was 22, 23 more snaps than the Niners defense. The Mm -hmm. Seattle game, they played 21, over 20 more snaps than the Seahawks defense. Those things add up, particularly at the end of the game when you need a stop to win, to get off the field, to, to get out of that stadium with a victory, as Coach Tomlin would say. Yeah, it was encouraging to see that defense still look juiced, look yes. energized, like they had plenty in the tank at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. And, boy, did I, we talk about that a lot, too. I mean, I think it was after week five, the Steelers were, what, one and four, that only the Dolphins, remember how bad the Dolphins were to start the year, were worse in time of possession than the Steelers. And I said from the beginning, you know, boy, this defense is going to be really good. Pre-Minka. I mean, I thought this defense had a chance to be top five to ten neighborhood. I didn't think it'd be this good, and then they trade for Minka, and that helps too. But I kept saying early in the year, the they're playing way too many snaps. You know, the, the first half is fine, and then they're just out there too long. And I kept saying that's the symptom. Like, if you go to the doctor, you say, hey, doc, we're playing too many snaps. And he's going to say, well, let's take some blood work and your blood pressure, and we'll figure right. out why, you know. Right. 
and it's a team game, and that's the thing. And now the offense is getting first downs. They can run the ball a little bit. Defense taking the ball away. And they play a lot of bodies, too. Like, they're just as good in base, nickel, dime. You can rotate the Alualus in. And, you know, they have 16 good players on defense, where last year they might have had 10. Right. Nine, you know, right. 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 And, and, and to your point, it makes the diagnosing, uh, I think, much easier whenever you have the talent influx that the Steelers have had this mm-hmm. year, right? Like when you talk about going to the doctor, if you go to the doctor and you say, hey, I got some chest pain, my elbow hurts, you know, my fingers are tingly, <laughs> right. my uh, my legs are, you know, <laughs> I don't feel, well, okay, well, there's probably one thing that's your issue that is causing a lot of these other problems. I think it's easier to diagnose that now for the Steelers this year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And again, if somebody's ailing or tired, it's not that big a deal to take a breather, right. you know, step out, and I know the guy behind me is solid. Where last year, I mean, if uh, TJ or Cam or whomever, one of their top dudes were off the field, it was like, wow, now they got eight good players. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> David tweets us, at Wesley Euler, at Williamson NFL, since week three, the Steelers are eight and two. Only the Ravens and the Seahawks have had better seasons since then. This team has been a refresh- refreshing display of team first hard work mentality. Uh, I did not think that this would be the enjoyable run that it has been this far, Matt. I think most, I think most of Steeler nation echoes that sentiment. We will get to more of your reaction when we return on Twitter. He's Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. I'm Wesley Euler. You can find me at Wesley Euler on Twitter. We're in for Tunch and Wolf inside the locker room today. As those two, uh, or hopefully sleeping in as they got back late last night from Arizona. Matt and I will be with you here until noon, so you know the drill. You can tweet us or you can jump on the phone lines, 412-919-1316. The phone lines are open. We will get to some of your reaction when we come back. And there was some good and there was some bad on special teams yesterday for the Steelers. I see the tweets. I see the phone calls. People want to talk about it. We'll get into that next when we return. Inside the locker room, Wesley Euler, Matt Williamson here on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf on your 24-7 home of the black and gold Steelers Nation Radio. Wesley Euler, Matt Williamson with you here in the locker room on a victory Monday as the old fogies Tunch and Wolf head back from Arizona. They'll be back with you tomorrow, but you got Matt and I in the locker room here from now until noon. Two ways to get involved, 412-919-1316 on the phone lines, or you could tweet us at Williamson NFL and at Wesley Euler. Matt, some good and some bad yesterday. When it, <laughs> when it came to the special teams, uh, you had the Deontay Johnson 85-yard punt return touchdown, uh, gave the Steelers a 10 to nothing lead, uh, gave the Steelers a special team splash that we've all been waiting for that this season and last yeah, season right. and a long time coming for that one. Uh, and then you also obviously have the, the head-scratching Jordan Berry miscommunication fake punt at the end of the game as well. Let's talk about that one first. I mean, that was... The strangest call I've, uh, or the, <laughs> the strangest play of the game, or the worst play of the game, however you want to say it. And my take on it was, I, I know the coach came out and basically said, "Hey, I called that," but I watched it that play twice. I've only seen the game once. I'm going to rewatch it again, obviously today. But there, you said it right. I mean, there was miscommunication. I mean, I don't Clearly. know if barely Barry decided. He was running because he thought it was going to get blocked. 
But here's what I do know is if a fake punt was called, 10 guys, the, the play call wasn't snap it to the punter and 10 guys don't block for him. <laughs> That was not the play call. <laughs> Leave your punter out the drive. Right. That's not how they practiced it. I mean, so maybe Barry heard a fake on and the other 10 didn't or, you know, he was supposed to throw it or – but that was definitely a miscommunication. That's not how it was drawn up, obviously. Yeah. No, and that's what Jordan Barry said as much after the game uh, on the fake punt snafu. He said, uh, it was just some miscommunication, that's all. They called it off up front, and I didn't get the call. I'm 15 yards away. I couldn't hear what they say. He called it off. Up, they called it off. They okay. called it off up front. So okay. he said, the guys up, he added, the guys up front called it off, and nobody told me. I just tried to make a run for it, and I ran straight into some guys. <laughs> I sure did. I was planning on getting ready to run up there, and they all shoot off to go cover, and I was like, oh, bleep. Okay, so that explains it then. I'm glad I heard that. All of Steeler Nation was like, oh, bleep as well. (laughs) Right, what idiots these coaches are. Why would you do that? Oh, people were like, oh, well, there goes Mike Tomlin's Coach of the Year candidacy right there. Right, like, (laughs) I mean, and the way these things work is it's like an audible on an offense. You come to the line of scrimmage, you don't get what you see, or there's two play calls, and you go to option A if you get this look, you go to option B if you get this look. And maybe they saw something in, in practice that if they got option A, yes, they're gonna try the fake. And okay, th- that's on. We didn't get it. Audible to a run. Audible to a pass. You know what I mean? Audible change out of the play. And the guy that's super deep didn't hear it. Obviously, so there he is getting stuck without any blockers. But again, the play call wasn't snap it to a punter and ten people don't block for him. Yes, I'm pretty sure that's no, not. No, yeah, what the play I, call I am was. positive there was some communication breakdown there. Without a doubt. Let's go to the phone lines. 412-919-1316. I know we want to talk about this fake punt and the offense, the defense, a whole bunch all on the board here. Let's go to our buddy Devin out in Phoenix who was hanging out with Arthur Motes, tweeting me pictures of him and Motes. Nice. having a good time yesterday. What's up, Devin? Hey, good morning, fellas. Uh, just checking in. That was the most Steeler fans I've ever seen in a game that was on the road. I mean, it was literal three to one. No exaggeration. Were you were you at and, the Chargers uh, game too, Devin, or just this one? No, I went to the I went to the Frisco game. Okay, Frisco game. And this was way yeah, way I more Steelers fans here than the Niners game. Man, man, even 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 the Niners game, it was way more. I, I and it's more than what I see in Denver when when the Steelers come to Denver too. So that was that was just utterly ridiculous. The, they, they had the you know the, the pre parties and the rallies and yeah, it looked like I, a lot of fun. Weekend long, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just you know we had to have boosted the economy of Phoenix by <laughs> a good billion dollars. Um, but yeah, as far shipments of iron. As far as the front fake punt goes, I didn't even understand. It seemed like he tried to throw it at the last minute, underhanded. Like he just panicked. I think he's he panicked. That, yeah, yeah, he panicked. But other than that, I mean. We, you know, I remember losing to a Raider team with a fast quarterback that was way worse than this Arizona team. That was that Arizona team is is decent. But I'm just glad we went in there and got a win against a bad team, and it's and it's on to Buffalo. So I'm hoping that you know the same the same duck magic is continuing on to Buffalo. Late. See you, Devin. Thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, some some nervy moments there. And I think I, mean, I think Barry just panicked. That like, was that was why is anybody blocking for yeah. me, or why did you go out on a route? Right, or, like, I'm sure that's probably what happened. And the snap right. was a little low too in the first place. Yeah. You ten aren't doing what I thought you're supposed snap to do. Snap was a little right. low, right? And then he looks up, 
and probably sees everybody taking off, and he's like, wait a second, right. what's going on here? And then these two are ready to destroy him, and they did. I mean, that could have ended up a lot worse. It could have been a scoop six. Easily, I mean, he could have right. fumbled. It could have easily been a scoop six. Right. And and Jordan Berry also added after the game, well, it's okay, we won, we can laugh about it now. It is. As about the next thing We wouldn't came be out laughing about right. this if this oh, cost the Steelers the game. Wasn't that hilarious that, yeah, they took it back to the house and they yeah. lost that game? No, we'd be, oh, man. We'd be hellfire and brimstone right now yeah. if, if that would have cost the Steelers the game. And fire everybody, right. And to, to the caller's point, too, awesome that this, this the turnout for the game, that that's amazing to me. I think that's utterly fantastic. It's crazy. And he had another good point in there. I forget what it was. Something about uh, uh, the, how the Cardinals weren't as bad yeah, as anybody right, thought right, they were. Right. I mean, if you watched the Cardinals just a week ago, they had their worst game of the year. Yes. They were absolutely hideous. A couple of things I said when I show with Dale was if I was, you know, Kingsbury, I would have never showed him that film. If I was Tomlin, I would never showed him that film. Like, this is not who you're playing. This Let's watch Cardinals Niners. And you'll be like, oh, these guys can hang with the best team in the league. Yes. And so they are building something there and they can make plays. Their quarterback can make plays. Chasing him around all day was no fun, I'm sure, for those guys. No. And, and he was capable. Kyler Murray showed that. He made some plays. Uh, but the Steelers were able to make some of their own as well. Able to laugh it all off here on a, on a victory right. on a victory Monday morning, Funny Mr. How, Williams. How the perception of that fake punt is different. Oh, I, we would have been. I would have been. Everyone would have been all honked off. Our coffee. We'd be slugging down our coffee, all ticked off right. this morning if that right. would have yeah, cost the Steelers a game. Outside. Yeah. Now we don't even know it's raining and cold. Right. Who cares? Right. <laughs> Devin's phone call leaves a line open you want to talk a little defense let's go out to California talk to Travis what's happening Travis hey there good morning guys how are you what's up Travis we're having a good time how about you Uh, I can't complain you've got to see this W no doubt no doubt I just wanted to touch touch base with you guys on you know I mean the defense I mean I haven't seen a defense like this, honestly, since the last time we made a Super Bowl run, uh, I think, at 09, 08. And, and I mean, the, our defense is just firing all cylinders. The one thing I would like to see, though, out of us is that, you know, I feel like sometimes we leave them at too short a field too many times. And when those when other teams get those points, those, those as I like to put it, garbage touchdowns, you know, uh, and stuff like that, with the offense, I believe with Duck now and stuff like that, I, I, you know, I'd like to see him sling the ball a little more. You know, I mean, obviously adding Juju back in the mix and even uh, James Conner, you know, I mean, that would be a significant difference. But, you know, when we when we get down there and we're driving the ball and stuff, I mean, I'd like to see a little more of the, you know, fourth and one go for it and stuff like that. I see a lot of other teams, you know, I watch a lot of football and I see them go for it. And I believe we have the talent to do it, especially with the – you know, I, I feel like a more of a mobile quarterback than we've had probably in a long, long, long time, even aside from Ben, uh, that can actually, you know, use his speed as well or at least get that one-yard push, you know, to get us that first down and keep us driving, get us in the end zone as opposed to uh, taking field goals or leaving us at short field uh, for our defense to, you know, have to do stuff, you know, every single time so they don't get gassed. But – uh but other than that, I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm really happy with what we're doing. I think we're being productive. And, hey, just let's keep it going. Let's go get this W next week against Buffalo. 
It's pretty pretty remarkable, Travis. Uh, we had the tweet earlier. I mean, since or in the last two weeks, the Steelers have the third best record in the National Football League. I mean, that's just insane. And the one thing you that Travis did mention there, Matt, I, I wanted to touch on this too. I thought it was a good point. We talked about Ducks' confidence and how we hope that they continue to bottle that up in a way, right? Not let it get out of hand. That's a fine line. I, I do like, though, Ducks' confidence outside of the pocket, his mobility, his willingness mm -hmm. to pull the ball down and run. And Travis mentioned there, and you saw that mobility. That was big for the Steelers' offense yesterday, and I think it could be against some of the, you know, like this Bills defense. Um, potentially, we don't know what we're going to see from the Ravens, but like a defense, some of these stingy defenses, and you get into the playoffs, you know, where the games are much closer. Uh, I think Ducks' mobility and his willingness to pull the ball down and, and maybe – you know, put his head down and fight for a couple extra yards could be a benefit. Huge benefit. And we've seen him scramble. I mean, let's not let's not have the misconception that he's an athletic quarterback. Right. I mean, certainly he's not Lamar, or let alone Josh Allen. Josh Allen, run, yeah, running quarterback, the guy we saw last the last this this week. But the the fact that he can do it, he's willing to do it. It's huge. I mean, it makes it harder to play strict man coverage because if people turn their back, he's going to scamper and pick up six, seven, eight, whatever. He's very willing to do it. This offense needs every means possible to pick up yardage still. I mean, I know it's going better, but it's not like, hey, running out route, A, B, Ben will hit you, boom, we'll move the change. You know, like yes. they don't have any bread and butter. Right. So any little thing that they can add to the repertoire is absolutely huge. So, yeah, I'm with you there. But, I mean, I don't expect the guy to run for 30, 40, 50 yards a game or anything like that. Like, I don't need designed runs. I don't need, you know, uh, you know roll out or, you know, design keepers and things right. like that. I mean, Read just, options. Right. I yeah. mean, improv is fine. That's great. One other note that this caller made, too, was, um, you know, the short fields at times. And – I'm pretty sure, don't quote me because I've heard this this morning just kind of in passing, I think the Steelers' offense has the longest streak of games where they've turned the ball over, which is kind of amazing that they're winning this many games yeah. too. I mean, they, they, they still win the turnover battle, but they are turning the ball over every game. Um, and to his point, or I'm not sure this is what he was saying, but I feel like that's really the only time people score on this defense is when they do get the real short field. Yes. You know, yeah. like if you kick it off and they kneel, if best they, of luck going down. If the they've got to go right. 75, 80, 85 yards. Right. I mean, it ain't happening. No, it's not. And it, it's it's why you continue to stay optimistic, I think, about this team in the big picture is that, man, you you got to believe this defense is going to travel. Oh, yeah. Uh, you've seen them. I mean, we talked about how they don't give up points unless they're in adverse situations. I think that Thursday night game in Cleveland, when it was 14 to nothing at halftime, Browns, we were all like, man, this could be a lot worse. Like, this could be, this could be, four, could be a lot worse. This could be right. 41 to nothing, not 14 to nothing. The house should be flooding. I mean, right. they just have a drip. And then you know, that, right. that third touchdown the Browns scored was, again, the direct result of a Steelers turnover on offense. It, exactly. the, the defense has proven they can travel. The defense has proven they can take the ball away. Mm-hmm. And what if Man. they do go a couple games without turning the ball over on offense? You know, like, mm -hmm. uh, there is some upside still to that, you know, in that whole equation. It'd be and nice if that started 
against the Bills on and Sunday night. And they're a little night. better on special teams, too. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you get better better field position as well. I mean, they may have a returner now. And and maybe that's part of the – you were talking about still waiting for that bread and butter. Maybe that is part of it. Maybe Deontay Johnson and the special teams emergence could be part of it. Let's talk about Deontay Johnson a little bit when we come back, the impressive okay. performance that he had, as well as continue to take your reaction. Matt Williamson, Wesley Euler, we're in the locker room for Tunch and Wolf. Two ways to get involved. You can tweet us at Williamson NFL, at Wesley Euler. If you're on Twitter, if not, phone lines are open. 412-919-1361. CR Bishop, stay on the lines. We'll get to you guys when we return. And again, we've got some phone lines open, so you go ahead and call in. Our buddy Jacob will get you up and on the board for some good stiller talk. Again, 412-919-1316. In the locker room for Tunch and Wolf, it's Wesley Euler, Matt Williamson on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf on your 24-7 home of the black and gold Steelers Nation Radio. Deontay Johnson, talk about a guy coming on in special teams and his offensive production. Matt, he was a guy we've talked about uh, since the draft at OTAs in minicamp, at training camp. There was a lot of talk uh, with the unfortunate passing of Daryl Drake about how Coach Drake was the guy that leading up to the draft was, uh, I believe the exact term that was described was pounding the table for Deontay Johnson, saying this is our guy, we got to bring this guy in. If you recall, I can't remember if he said it at the podium or when he sat down with us after that. As soon as Johnson was, was drafted, basically, Coach Drake said, I'm, I'm paraphrasing slightly, but he said, that was the best interview of any prospect yes. I've ever done. Yes. And, he was, and he's been doing this a very, very long, long time. time. Right, right, right. You know, and they loved him. So, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just want to no. throw that in there. I mean, the, the work ethic and all those things are there. And I know he was a little bit in Steeler Nation's doghouse after last week, and that was a bad game. But if you if you recall, early in that game, he is streaking down the left sideline, wide open, duck misses him. I mean, that game goes much differently, and his day goes much differently if he hits him on that on, the, on an easy, pretty easy throw. Really, I mean, that yeah. was a bad play by the quarterback, and I think Johnson is, I said this, I don't know, week four or five, he might be my bet to be the Steelers' leading receiver in 2020. That includes Juju. I mean, And like, James Washington. You're right, right. I mean, he is the best route runner already on the team. Explodes out of his breaks. We already, we've already seen what he can do after the catch. But with all respect to Washington and even Juju, they're not technicians like A.B. They're not in the same – mold as these route runners you know like just beat you up without routes over and over and i think that's his future yeah yeah I mean, his his ceiling just looks very high very high yeah arrow pointed up on that guy right now you got to think hopefully getting juju back into the fold with oh, james right. washington's continued emergence those three together would suddenly yep. be a pretty formidable trio i think yeah for a while there i thought wide receiver is going to be like their biggest offseason yeah. need you throw Deion Kane in the mix, too. Yeah. I think he's a keeper. Um, sure, you could use another dude, but I think that's a really... All of a sudden, you're not 
you know, you're not uh, grasping for straws and in that room. Like 22 years old. <laughs> I mean, Juju's, Juju's a veteran. Man, right? yeah, he's started, still on his rookie deal. Yeah, he, he wasn't legal to drink a year ago or whatever. Right, you know what right. I mean? so, right. It, there's a lot of talent. It's starting to come to fruition. Um, I don't want to say that Mason held that group back because I do think there was a lot of learning curve there. Sure. You know, and Washington was not ready last year, even though we see flashes. But they're all kind of coming together at the right time. And no AB and Juju obviously opens that opportunity for these guys. That it's step up time, and they are. We've seen it happen with rookies in the past, right? We saw it happen with Juju, well, probably about week eight when he yeah, really I mean, started to figure it out his exactly, rookie year. Yeah, yeah. It looks like that's happening for Deontay now. And hey, better later in the season than never. It's certainly been a godsend in that regard. He's able to make some plays in special teams yesterday. Obviously, the 85 yard touchdown return. Uh, some big catches as well, too. How about that reverse the field? Right. right 17-yard reception that he had. Should have been like a five-yard loss. Yeah. And he Barry Sanders it. And, right. You know, like kind right. Of that totally looked like, ba- it looked like a, like one of the plays you see in like the Big 12. Right. You know? Yeah, like yeah. It, it looked like one of those, like Steve Slayton used to do that all the time. And I'd be like, no, 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 no. Okay, okay, okay. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even when he did it, I'm like, oh, this is only going to get worse. It's, you right, know? it's <laughs> rare that you see something like that work in the NFL because Absolutely. everybody, there's speed all over the field. Yep. I thought the same thing as you said, oh, no, this is is going to get worse. And he made something out of nothing. That I mean, was a, a, an athletic ability on display there for sure. And, and real quick, I mean, the, the second they drafted him, I assumed he would be the opening day punt returner. I'm like, oh, they got their punt returner fixed. Up. You know, AB's not here. Uh, the other guys are just guys, you know. And uh, so I'm not saying he was behind the curve with that. I know Coach is reluctant to put rookies in that role because sure. reliability is just so important there. You know, any bad thing cancels out a lot of good things. But he's been thrust into it, again, by default. But he's got all sorts of ability as a punt returner. That's not a fluky thing. I mean, he's not going to be Dante Hall or Devin Hester returning him every week. But they got a threat there now, at least. And you mix him with White as a kickoff returner, they got some guys that can break, you know, a 30-yarder here and there as opposed to catch it and fall down. Did you see quick digression, the the NFL 100 the, t- the all-time teams that have been coming out. Yeah, I had some complaints, but yeah, Dante Hall was not on the special teams. Well, they only took list. two, and Hester had to go. Hester had to go, and they took Billy White Shoes, who I thought was mm. fine, but he's a little uh, before your time. He's before my time, but he it's was. It's like the same thing that happened with Palomalu in that regard. Palomalu, I mean, they took too many guys that were because they felt like they had to represent every era. It makes me crazy, right? I mean, don't tell me those safeties were better players than him. Yeah, I don't mean, tell me those safeties who were wearing away. one bar helmets across right. their mask were better than Troy Palomalu. It made me crazy. I mean, not to mention that show. There were three I made me nuts. Was uh, no Charles Woodson. Yes. I mean, you get out of here. Come on, man. You know, no Justin Tucker. No Tucker, no Paul Amalu. I'm like, oh, right. what are we doing here? Yeah, get I mean, out of here. Because I'm fine with, hey, represent the older dudes if they were phenomenal yeah. I players. I get that. But some of those guys You can't were just even have all like, guys from the 80s and 90s and 2000s. Sure. I get that. But Ken Houston and Wilson, and these guys are like borderline Hall of Famers or not even Hall of Famers. Like, come on. Come on. Come on. Anyway. Come on. What are, we, what are we doing I'm here? I'm soapbox. Not just a Steeler thing, but Justin Tucker's the best kicker ever. Come on. 412-919-1316. Let's go back to the phone lines down in North Carolina and Greensboro. Talk to Bishop. He wants to talk a little Deontay Johnson. What's happening, Bishop? Yes, guys. First time, because I definitely want to say something about uh, old uh, DJ. What you got for um, us? What's funny is that I think what, what was going on, Coach Drake saw something, and I'm assuming, based on what I'm hearing you and some other people say, but it seemed like Coach Drake saw something to Deontay. But when you watch – uh, DJ out there on the field, he 
when he was in uh, training camp, they were saying how dynamic, how explosive he was, how they were even enamored by his hands, but he was being hampered by some injuries. And like you just said, now he is starting to come along, come along and, and starting to develop into possibly a one, two, uh, one or two receiver. Uh, that reverse where he caught that little uh, bubble screen or whatever it was, and he reversed field. And he had one block, one more block with somebody wasn't probably just standing around saying, oh, Lord, we just lost five yards. <laughs> he would have scored on that. And when you watch him, he is extremely explosive, extremely quick, which I think uh, one thing 84 lacked, he was very quick and very precise, but he didn't have top-end speed like Johnson had. And so I'm really, really excited about to see this kid develop. And uh, I don't care who's throwing it, I don't care if Ben comes back or uh, they keep ducking there. They need to continue to feed him that ball in, in, in as many ways as possible and also put uh, White in some of those uh, positions also. Um, then, of course, with the defense, man, uh, Kevin Colbert and Tomlin have done a heck of a job not just getting that defense right, but we also have people behind them that – when they are tired, when they have to give up a short, uh, a long, uh, a, the teams are moving uh, several plays because I don't know. Cardinals had a couple of twelve play drives, and you can see that defense was tired. But yet he brought some other guy cats in there who put some pressure on Murray and let White, let uh, Cam, let uh, Bud uh, take a breather, and were able to still to keep keep the standard the standard. So I'm excited. Uh, next week is going to be extremely, extremely tough. Um, they're going to ha- – I really believe they're going to have to let Duck um, do some things that they probably wouldn't let a undrafted rookie quarterback do because that Buffalo Bills defense is the truth. And they're going to come after him and try to stop that run and dare him to throw. So, uh, but guys, I'm excited. And I don't have my little duck call, so I just have to tell you about that. Quack. Quack, quack. Y'all have a great one, guys. Thank you. Thank you. You too, Bishop. And he touched on everything there. A lot there, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk DJ versus AB. Yep. I mean, there's there's an obvious comparison. They sure. weren't first-round picks. They're both out of the Mac. Mac guys. A little but, undersized. I mean, I, I hate that. I mean, I, I it, it's... It sets oh, yeah. Deontay Johnson up to, well, you better be great. Right, right, right. Like, <laughs> who's your mind you of? Oh, Jim Brown. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. I, who's, I, who's Wesley Euler remind you yeah. of? Howard Stern. Well, geez, <laughs> geez, thanks a lot. <laughs> I mean, this comparing dudes to Hall of Famers isn't fair. But I see exactly what you're talking about because stylistically they're the same type of receiver. The thing that – I don't know who would win the foot race. I mean, you meant, this, Bishop mentioned that – A.B. might not be as fast as Johnson. I'm not sure about that because A.B. got behind a lot of defenses. Let's mm-hmm. not forget the damage that I did downfield. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnson, neither one of them ran a great 40. But Johnson, amazingly, and I believe him now because watching him on the field, he's like, I didn't train for it. I didn't really care. I'm like, well, that's not really great career advice. But right. fine. Right. He falls a little bit more in the draft because you run a 4.55 as opposed to a 4.45 or whatever. But the thing that A.B. did better than any receiver I've ever seen is coming out of his breaks. Like, I, I, I refer to it like driving a Lamborghini around a 90-degree turn without having to hit the brakes. You know, I mean, that was A.B. Like around the North Shore. <laughs> right. <laughs> just, you know, just don't – you can just accelerate through your brakes. Don't lose any speed whatsoever. Flying around your neighborhood and, and just – 
cornering on a dime. I mean, A.B. did that as well as anyone I've ever seen. Johnson has those traits, though. I mentioned he's a route runner, and that is a huge thing. And those are the type of receivers this team has really developed over the years, the Emmanuel Sanders, those types. And I think he has a really bright future. I do, too. I'm with you. Arrow pointed way up. Mm -hmm. Love the trajectory. But, yeah, let's not go comparing him with arguably the best wide receiver of his generation just yet. Let's give <laughs> right. him another year or two. But, no, I do – I get that, too, because, like you said, I do see some of the comparisons. Yeah. Later, you know, not a first-day high-pedigree draft pick, a Mac guy, a little undersized. Attack at all levels. Attack at all levels. He's a very different style than Washington or Juju. He doesn't even look the same when he walks in the doors, those uh, guys. Uh, you know? a, a guy that we were all expecting some splash from on special teams when he first came to the Steelers. Right, right. He'll start off as a returner, you know, yeah. and that's what A.B. did. I mean, remember A.B.'s first return for touchdown? We're like, oh, this guy might be okay. You yeah, know, right. and that's uh, – same thing, same Santonio San Holmes. Yeah, cut, right, Cut right, his exactly. teeth with some some big special teams plays when he came to the Steelers. It's, sure. it's to be expected. It's uh, – Encouraging to see it happen here for Deontay Johnson with the 85-yard touchdown it, yesterday. It, it's easy to compare him to the guy he's, he's sure. replacing. It's sure. just not fair. I mean, uh, this is going to ruin some people's day because it's such a good high of Steeler. But AB's the best Steeler receiver that's ever lived. I mean, I agree. It's not even. I realize that a lot of our older listeners will call in and I know. how gonna, dare you? It's not even close, though, folks. <laughs> from a from a pure talent perspective, I I I don't think it's close. Highlights, longevity. Production. Yeah, if you want to talk about their body of work and their accolades and their okay, fine. Right, I mean, right. you got some four time Super Bowl champions. You you've got some Super Bowl MVPs and and yeah. things like that. But yeah, if you're just talking on their best day. Give me that guy. I mean, A.B. against the Saints before he lost yeah. his mind. I mean, come on. He was the best player in the league which that day. I think it's just, which is a hell of a testament when you consider that he's swan, not here, right. the Swans and the Stalwarts and the Wards and the Holmes sure. and the Plexico Burris and then, right. um, the, the Yancey Thigpens. <laughs> I mean, there have been uh, some great wide receivers, and even recently Emmanuel Sanders and, and Mike Wallace. Oh, uh, sure. Tons there, of there's been some great wide Louis receivers. Lips. Louis Lips. Louis to, Lips to come, to come through this organization. Again. Yeah. And, and I can see, I mean, People say, well, he never won the big one. Well, I'm not going to blame him that they didn't win the Super Bowl while he was here. And, yes, if Lynn Swan was on this team, he'd catch a lot more passes than he did in 1978. Yes, correct. I, mean, I, I understand correct. that, too. But if I'm a corner and I get my pick of who I want to play man on for 60 minutes, my last pick is A.B. Yes, I agree. And, and my point is, that is such a monster, monster loss on the field. I mean, and they are getting by without him. They are. They've been getting by without him, and they've been getting by shorthanded without him. They continue to roll along. What uh, eight of their last ten, right? Yeah. Now and they were one and four. <laughs> Seven and one since I started singing the "Here We Go" song, Matt. Oh, that's all that. That's all that I know. <laughs> I witnessed the first one. Last that's week, all but... that I know. Seven and one since <laughs> I started singing, baby. And I keep telling. I mean, they barely lost to the Ravens. They barely lost right. the Niners and the Seahawks. I mean, those are elite teams. And when the Steelers were really trying to figure things out. Didn't plan on not having Ben and didn't, you know, I mean, it's it's been a heck of a year. It really has. It's certainly, like I think I said this in the opening segment, did not expect to be having this much fun to this point in this right. season. Uh, That's for one sure. One quick note, though. I mean, I, I like to say this, too. Like They barely lost to the Ravens, Seahawks, Niners, but they barely beat a lot of teams, too. It's true. <laughs> I mean, they're not going to beat anyone 20 to by 20. I mean, they're yes. not going to blow people out. Yes. And uh, don't be, Steeler Nation, don't be like, Wow, this is one of the best teams in the league, but they didn't win pretty enough. Well, there's they're never going to win pretty. Style points don't matter. No. 
There's not the college football playoff committee deciding who's going to get those wild card spots. <laughs> right. Style points don't matter. Just win, baby. <laughs> and the Steelers have been doing plenty of that as of late. One hour in the books in the locker room. Matt Williams and Wesley Euler in for Tunch and Wolf. When we come back in hour two, uh, more of a deep dive into the defense, into Devlin Duck Hodges. And you know, of course, we'll continue to get into your reaction on Twitter at Williamson NFL at Wesley Euler. Some phone lines are open now. 412 919 1316. You are in the locker room on ESPN Pittsburgh, Steelers Nation Radio. His team trails by 10. Shotgun snap. He's back. He waits. He wants to run. He's coming to the near sideline. Throws it on the run. Intercepted. That is TJ Watt with an end zone pick. And that for Mr. Watt is his second Oski of the season. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steeler Nation. How we feeling? Well, that's good. Matt Williamson, Wesley Euler with you here in the locker room in for the old fogies, Tunch and Wolf, as they got back late night last night from Arizona. Hour number two on deck, and there's two ways to get involved. You can hit the phone lines at 412 412- 919-1316. You can also tweet us at Williamson NFL, at Wesley Euler. Bunch of tweets coming in. We'll get to some of your questions on Twitter before we wrap up the show. We're also going to go around the league here a little bit later on with a uh, an interesting – it's just that time of year in the football season, Matt. Where it was a great Sunday. There was a lot of good a, games. A lot of uh, games with big, you know – What's the word I'm looking for? I mean, just even going back to last week, Niners, Ravens. Yeah, it, it's really implications. Set up. That's right, the word right. I'm There's looking been for. Some heavyweight fights yeah. already that are, you know, some of these top teams squaring off against each other. It, it's been a, a good watch. Yeah, without a doubt, I want to talk about the uh, the defense here a little bit. But before we do, uh oh, and James just tweeted me. It isn't afternoon yet. You're, I guess he's right. I should have said good morning. Good morning, Steeler Nation. How are we doing? Yeah, this isn't our comfort this zone. This isn't our right. comfort I'm zone. Four to six, baby. And we'll be back. I'll be with you today from four to six. I know. Six. We have a double header. We got a double header, you right. and I. I'll tell you what, I'm going sick of each. get sick of you by the time the day's over here, Matt. Well, Lolly's still traveling, too. James is correct. He's, you know, he's keeping me buttoned up like Mozi usually does. So good morning, Steeler Nation. How are we doing? Well, that's good. On a victory Monday, Matt Williamson, Wesley Euler. With you here in the locker room. We're going to go to the phone lines here in just a second. Like I said, like James did there, you can tweet us at Wesley Euler, at Williamson NFL. And I don't know how this – yeah, I'm going to have to wait one second here because Jacob's taking another phone call for us, Matt. So if I go to, if I go to a caller here while Jacob's taking a caller, there's this weird thing with the system where it'll cut, uh, it'll cut our buddy off. So, again, 412-919-1316. Uh, we made that comment before uh, before we went to break there, Matt, that Antonio Brown was the best wide receiver in Steelers history. Well, apparently someone wants to discuss that comment. Sure Mike down in Jacksonville. All right, Mike, tell us where we're wrong or or right, I guess. Good morning, gentlemen. How you doing? What's up, Fantastic. Mike? Fantastic. And for Matt, this is the first time me and you had a conversation. And by the way, you should be you should take phone calls more on the afternoon show as well. It's not a bad idea. But as far as the greatest wide receiver in Pittsburgh Steelers history, I'm sorry. I have to disagree with you a little bit. Not because Antonio Brown was not a good receiver, but being part of a receiver is blocking. And Hines Ward was the greatest blocker as a wide receiver in Steelers history. 
Agreed. In fact, the guy has a he has a rule named after him, an NFL rule named after him, like Mel Blunt. I mean, this guy should be in the Hall of Fame. And as far as clutch, clutch passes, I still remember he caught a pass with his fingertips in, against Seattle, where Bill Carr came on the field and said that was the greatest catch he ever saw. Yeah. Or, and he's a Super Bowl he, MVP uh, as well, too. There, Mike. Aww. Yeah. Or uh, how about when he beat um, that Hall? Yeah. The cornerback for Atlanta Falcons. His last name was Hall. D'Angelo. Um, he beat him. Yes. Yes. He beat him uh, for a touchdown run with one shoe on. <laughs> it's I mean, it, here's what I equate to, and I, I want to see if you like this. And I, I meant to say this, and this is where I usually go with these Antonio Brown discussions, Matt. I, I want to see what you and what what Mike think about this um, analogy here. Antonio Brown to me in the in the pantheon the parthenon whatever greek word i'm looking for of steelers wide receivers he's like the mike tyson uh yes there are there are boxers that are much more accomplished right oh the floyd mayweather much more accomplished uh, muhammad ali accomplished more but on his day mike tyson nobody could nobody was close to him like that's what he was I, the best heavyweight by far whenever he was on that's that's kind order. of what that's kind of where i equate to antonio brown i agree with you with heinz ward he had a rule named after him so many clutch plays so many big winning moments he, i mean he's a friggin' super bowl mvp for crying out loud but i i do i do completely see your side of it as well too mike but if you're going to use that analogy with boxing and antonio brown's going to be mike, mike tyson i'm sorry Heinz Ward is Muhammad Ali. Okay, <laughs> you can't go wrong with either, right, Mike? Your, I mean, he'll knock you on your butt and, and look down at you and laugh. Or he can outrun you with, with, with that slow speed of his. Hey, Mike. So thanks, guys, and have, have yourselves a good day. Thank you, too, buddy. We appreciate the call. And I was just – I'm honestly – I was impressed. I was surprised there, Matt, because I thought for sure that was going to be a, a Lynn Swan or a Stallworth call. I didn't but, think we'd get someone – I thought it was going to be someone from the 70s telling us we were wrong. Let me retort, because first of all – Muhammad Ali's Jerry Rice. None of these guys are Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Jerry Rice is Muhammad <laughs> Ali. And Heinz Ward is a tremendous football player. The blocking is a tremendous point. Not only did he spring long runs, but it brought attitude to the team. Um, the physicality that this franchise was very much built around, especially in that era. Um, but just to be honest, was Heinz Ward ever a top five receiver in any given year in this league? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think he was ever in the elite category. Um, and frankly, I remember him near the end. He was, he was, <laughs> I don't want to say he didn't run routes, but he kind of just ran around out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he was very different than AB. I know AB's not popular and Heinz is absolutely the most popular, but AB's the better football player. And I'm going to make people even crazier. I didn't plan on going uh -oh. down this road, uh -oh. but. I think Lev Bell's the best back in Steeler history, too. Oh, man. oh no. <laughs> All right. Oh, no, you did it. <laughs> I mean, oh, no, you did that's it. That's going to break the internet. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, no, you did it. It's not just recency bias. I mean, don't. he was the best back in the league for a stretch there and just a phenomenal player. Well, let's talk to yesterday's game more than that kind of stuff. That's an off-season conversation. Yes, correct. We'll talk about that uh, at the Combine, right, and at OTAs mm -hmm. and things like that. And you could direct all angry tweets at Williamson <laughs> NFL. Uh, that one's not as clear, though, to me. I mean, he's yeah. clearly number one, in my opinion. I'm not sure. You can make arguments for Jerome and some of these others, obviously. Yeah, I mean, we could go down a whole wormhole there. But, again, we'll save that for uh, we'll save that for the summer, summer, summertime on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at Williamson NFL. That's where you direct, direct your angry tweets about Lev Bell, 
1416, the digits to dial. Let's go down to South Carolina, talk to our buddy Juan. He's been waiting patiently. What's happening, Juan? Hey, good morning, guys. Happy holidays. How y'all doing? Good. Fantastic. Good. Victory Monday. Can't complain. Yes, sir. Like you said, it's your victory. Victory. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go see before I get started. Shout out to my man, CR, and Bishop and Jill, and all those guys. Okay, let's get to the fun thing. Um, so, yesterday during the game, I don't know. Do you guys think P.J. Watt is still hurt? Because I counted like three sacks he missed that he normally don't miss. Hmm. But he did came out big with that interception, so I'll take that. And also, this Buffalo game, I'm ready for this Buffalo game so we can go ahead and beat those guys. I mean, don't get me wrong, Buffalo have a big defense and everything, but it's going to be a high field. So, you know, a high field when it comes down to a big game, what you guys got to say. Yeah, um, thanks for the call, Juan. I. I don't know what to make of T. I mean, hey, everybody is – nobody's 100% healthy at this point in the NFL season. Sure. Everybody is dealing with things. We know We know TJ's had some some nagging issues to this point. Um, and that's just also kind of the nature of his beast at that edge rusher position. You're going to have a lot of plays where you're really close to making the play. That's just kind of the, the nature of the animal at edge rusher. Part, give Kyler Murray some credit, too. And give Kyler Murray some credit, too. He's a really difficult guy to get on the ground. He's yeah. a small target. He's highly elusive. I mean, he's – I think that's more the issue than TJ not Which being able to finish. Speaks I mean, to how bad their offensive line is. Uh, when you see Kyler Murray and how elusive and how mobile he right. is and how he's able to make that difficult on guys, and he's still the most sacked quarterback in the National Football League. I mean, if they would have stuck with Rosen and drafted Bosa, Rosen would have 70 sacks. I mean, like it's it's bad. And, and I think TJ's pretty proven in his ability to finish. Yes, yes. <laughs> Another interception yesterday, his second yeah. of the season. Obviously, he's in the conversation, Matt. That's great. That's a given. Is he leading the conversation? Is he the 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 head dog in the pack of, of defensive player of the year for you right now? No, but I don't know that there's anybody running away with it. Um, Donald is not going to win it this year. Probably he's getting triple teamed and and still makes plays, but usually he runs away with it. In my opinion, and it's yeah, not even close. and I think too, it's fair. It's just been a little – there's been more attention that's been able to be given to him this year now with, mm-hmm. with Sue gone. Sue being next to him last year I think really helped too. Right, right. And, and guys like Khalil Mack and Vaughn Miller aren't awesome this year. So there is – and Miles Garrett might have been my pick before he lost his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a, a certainly a window for someone new, an up-and-comer. And I think TJ's got as good an argument as any – I'd probably take Stephon Gilmore just because he's okay. on number one. It's not his stats don't compare, but what he's asked to do on number one receivers on probably the best defense in the league week after week would probably get my vote. But no one's running away with it. I mean, a couple more big games and anyone could take it. A couple guys could take it. Yeah, it's still uh, ripe for the picking in that regard. I think. Yeah, Nick Bosa falling off a little bit in that conversation. Yeah, I think he'll be defensive rookie, rookie of, the year. of the year. You know, that's not going to be Bush's honor. I mean, I think Bosa will win that. But I mean, Shaq Barrett's leading the league in in sacks. Chandler Jones is high on that list, but neither one of those guys screams defensive MVP to me. David says T.J. Watts won bad. Mother Ducker. Yeah. I see. I see what you did there, yeah, David. Not bad, not bad. I see what you did there. All uh, kinds of possibilities going forward with that. Yeah. Right. I mean. <laughs> uh, forget uh, what was uh, Billy Hillgrove had a couple good ones during the broadcast. You know, he said, uh, duck comes the line. He's quacking out orders. Um, he had some, he had one line about 
how some guy was was beacon with some other guy. Yeah, hey, Billy Hillgrove nice. had some good ones on the broadcast. You can tweet us your duck puns at Wesley Euler <laughs> at Williamson NFL. Rebecca wants to know where if if you've got Lev Bell. Well, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll get into this real quick. If Lev Bell's your one, is it is it Jerome Bettis number two? Is it Franco number two? Jerome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then Frank. And then Franco. Franco's a little overrated to me. I mean, I'm, just, I'm trying to. Stir you know, what's the funny pot. is my my grandpa would say the same thing. My grandpa says the same thing all the time. He gets too much credit because he immaculate reception. I kind of think so. I mean, clearly a Hall of Famer, but I mean, you look at the highlight tapes of those three, and who do you want to tackle least? Who do you want to defend least? That's kind of my argument. In all these kind of conversations is like, I know Marvin Harrison's probably ahead of Calvin Johnson on the all time receiving list. Yes, and most people think he's better, but I'd rather play man coverage against Marvin than Calvin. Hundred <laughs> percent. You know what I mean. Hundred <laughs> percent. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, Mugent Entertainment here tweets us: Do you think that having so many outstanding players on the Steelers' defense is hurting TJ's uh, case for Defensive Player of the Year? Maybe. I, I mean, Stan asked me actually last week who would be your Steeler MVP, and I think TJ's kind of running away with that honor. But yeah. I said Cam, just because mm. I think Cam more than TJ. Is opening up the other, you know what I mean? Okay, is doing I got you. the dirty work, even in the apps, particularly more so now in the absence with, of two. With two it. It, and yeah. then stepping up with two it down. And I also gave credit in terms of the leadership, the locker room, all those cam things too. So, uh, I mean, TJ's having the best year. He'll win the MVP of the team. He's in the defensive player of the year conversation. But I'm not sure that it hurts them that they're they're so loaded. Yeah, I don't think so either. It's it's a weird dynamic that you just alluded to there where it's almost like I would give Matt Minka Fitzpatrick the Steelers MVP. Okay. But I would say that TJ Watt's been their player of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. I think Minka was the glue that coming in that really kind of brought everything together. Mm-hmm. But where TJ's been the most outstanding part of the defense, if that because there, I mean there right. is a differentiate differentiation to make there between MVP and most outstanding. You get into these debates a lot with Oh. You know, uh, the same reason that LeBron James and Sidney Crosby haven't won as many MVPs award, awards as they should. Well, because they always had good teammates. <laughs> okay. okay. How good would Scottie Pippen be on his own? Though? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, he, exactly. Right. How much? How dominant would have Evgeny Malkin been if he was the focal point of every team? That the that, that you know mm-hmm. how great would Kyrie? How great would Kyrie Irving have been if if you know the other teams weren't always focused on shutting down LeBron? Sure. I, I think there's a lot of chicken and an egg thing that we do there. In and, those type of conversations. And to your point, Minka has extreme value and has a, certainly a trickle-down effect to those no in doubt. front of him. But he's not going to show up in any given game as much as an outside linebacker. Right. I mean, especially right. you're sitting and watching on TV, a lot of times he's not even in the frame. you know. So it's just a harder position to make splash plays. But he's still doing them. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at Williamson NFL, on the phone lines, 412-919-1316. When we come back, we will continue with your reaction as well as look around the league at some uh, some playoff implications, some seating implications, a whole bunch going on across the National Football League. Yesterday, we will break that all down when we return. Inside the locker room, Matt Williamson, Wesley Euler in for Tunch and Wolf on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf on your 24-7 home of the black and gold Steelers Nation Radio. It's getting to be that time, Mr. Williamson, where playoff implications are looming. Every weekend there seems to be a handful of games with 
you know, results that have a trickle down effect that that are going to affect other teams, going to affect division winners and playoff standings and first round buys and sure. wild cards and all that stuff. Uh, certainly, Ravens, Bills, maybe chief most chief most amongst them yesterday. Yeah, and has the most Steeler implications. I mean, obviously yeah. the Ravens are the biggest rival. They're winning the division. I think they're the best team in the league. The Bills are coming here tomorrow. Or next week, not tomorrow, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a quick turnaround. But, but real quick, I mean, I think in the AFC now, the Browns, Raiders, Colts are cooked. I know they're still in it, but those six-win teams are two games behind now. So I really think it's a, a three-for-two situation with the Titans, Bills, Steelers. Hmm. Actually, it's a, a four-for-three situation because the Titans could still win their division with you know them in Houston or neck-and-neck. So these teams are all very relevant, and a good team's probably going to get left out in the AFC. Where I kind of thought, man, there's really only four. Yeah, five it's good a lot teams. different right, than how we were right. feeling a month or two ago about the AFC. Absolutely, and some notes from that Ravens Bills game, and I haven't watched it start to finish every snap, but a little chink in the Ravens armor showed up when Mark Andrews went down early in the game. He is Lamar's whoopee. I mean, it's a Mr. Mom reference I use a lot. Mm-hmm. And a very good player. And Hayden Hurst stepped up and made a big play. But it really showed that their lack of receivers hmm. is a problem. I mean, they're very young, very unproven at the wide receiver position. That if the Ravens get derailed, I think that'll be a big part of it. At some point, they're going to have to drop back on third and eight and make a play. Obviously, his legs can work in that regard, too. And he he was great because he... Despite little receiver help, <laughs> still created a lot of that offense. stat you just gave me when we were in break. How he's more than likely going to win the MVP award. Yeah, and he hasn't thrown for what more than 160 yards, something like that in the last three games. In the last three like games, that. right? It's crazy, and still deserving. Um, also, the Ravens' run defense is not as good as people think. So they're the best team in the league, but they did so sh- show some chinks against a really good team that's on its way here Sunday night. Allen didn't play very well. Um, one note on the bills that I'm going to harp on all week and I need to go back and watch it. I'm going to, I'm going to chart the snaps is more than any team, any defense in the league. They are the most reluctant team to put an eighth guy, an extra guy in the box. Hmm. And I'm real curious how they defended Baltimore. You know, I mean, that's would be the Hmm. obvious correlation. Sure. But they're a good defense, but they generally are a too high safety, you know, play the pass. Uh, very active, very well coached, but they won't. They generally don't load the box up. Steelers didn't get any help from the Raiders yesterday as the Titans roll yeah. Oakland in Oakland by 21 points. Tennessee's he, good. I think they are too. They're yeah. sitting at eight and five as well. Now the Texans eight and five after they just weren't even What's in it against the Broncos. Yeah. That game was uh, that game was in Houston. That was the most surprising. And was the over weekend. at yeah, halftime. Right. How do you think that plays out? That dynamic between uh, between the Titans and the Texans. I think the Titans are more bankable, have higher floors. You okay. know, that they since here's a crazy stat for you too. Since Tannehill's taken over, only Lamar Jackson has more fantasy points from the quarterback position. Wow. Like this guy pumps out stats and it's not a fluke. Hmm. He runs, he throws. AJ Brown is gonna be a star in this league and he's starting to really shine. Derrick Henry already is a star. Defense is real solid. I think they're a pretty well-coached team. I think the Tennessee Titans are a very dangerous team. Um, it would be great to keep them out of the playoffs, even if it means you know 
e- even if it's not the Steelers' expense. I mean, because right. they could make a lot of noise. Um, Houston's just so up and down. You know, they've, they've had hard a lot to get of a pulse injuries. On. They are. I mean, they're up and down. I, I rarely use cliches like they were flat or they took their opponent lightly, yada, yada. But after wiping the floor with the Patriots, they came out as yeah. quiet as could be. Yeah. You know? I mean, I don't know if that's part of the mentality or if that was part of the reasoning, but sure had that feel about it. Matt. There have the streets, maybe all this rain here in Pittsburgh. It's like the after effects of the streets flooding with all the tears of the New England Patriots. And, oh, I can't believe the referees messed up that call. <laughs> yeah. Nice to uh, to be on the other side for once. And you called it, Matt. We did the show together on Friday. You said, you know what? I think the Chiefs are going to win that. Now, you said Chiefs win comfortably, but I won't hold your feet that much to the fire. Right. Chiefs, though, with a, a big one. That was the first time the Patriots were 42-0. and in Foxborough, against AFC opponents, when Tom Brady and Julian Edelman both start the game or in the wow. lineup, now 42-1. and one. The Chiefs got it done. And I think they won 21 in a row at home, just period. Yes. Flat out. Yes. You know? uh, amazing. And the, the best part about that is, you know who their last home loss was? The, it, oh, was, it was, the against, was the Chiefs, the opener, like, you know, like two years ago on Thursday or it's whenever like, it was. Onto the Bengals, onto the Bengals yes. or whatever. And I think someone even asked Belichick in the press conference after that game, or you considering sitting down, Tom Brady? And he kind of looked at him like, have you lost your mind? You know, um, I think Kansas City's just a better team. Give the Patriots credit. I mean, in very Patriot manner, they made whatever adjustments they made at halftime, and they put the clamps on Kansas City and got themselves back into that game where a call like that could have made the difference. The defense was much better in the second half. Um, but their offense is just searching. I mean, and part of it's Brady. Part of it's they have no running game. The offensive line isn't great. I mean, the no running game is the biggest problem. Mm -hmm. Like, even last year on their Super Bowl run, Brady's been slipping for a while. This isn't new news. But they could run the football. And he could come to the line of scrimmage, as always, and get you into good plays and and knowing where to go with the ball. But it's White, it's um, Edelman, and that's it. Yeah. They have no one that gets separated. Sanu's been hurt and hasn't offered them much. And he's not a real twitchy guy either. I mean, mean, so they're really That's a new term. I like that term, twitchy twitchy guy. (laughs) I've heard that a lot. That's a lot of scouting terms. Yeah, you hear that quite a bit. Did Madden steal that from you? No, I don't know. Possibly. Because I've heard Mark Madden say that a few times in the last couple weeks. I wonder if he got it from you. It's a possibility. I I know you're a regular on the show. Twitchy guy. (laughs) All twitched up. Yeah, no, I've heard that a lot in football circles. Not just, you know, like it's not like some – Social media millennial term. It's a real oh, yeah. twitchy. Deontay Johnson's twitchy. Deontay Johnson is twitchy. <laughs> <laughs> the Niners, Mr. Williamson, finally Ooh. come out on the uh, the right end of one of these last second field goal games, and they've been in they, some heavyweight a fights shootout too. that we yeah. didn't really expect down in uh, in New Orleans. No, I, I I thought this would be lesser scoring. Of course, I thought the Niners were a slightly better team before this game. And I know they won, but I kind of feel like if they played 50 times, it would be 25-25. You know, like, this is about as even of a fight as you can get. Um, The key to me was Garoppolo probably played his best game as a pro. And my biggest question, I'm a a Jimmy guy, but my biggest question with that team was, can he outdoor Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, you know, those type of dudes in the playoffs. And, And this day, he did. Yeah. 
He sure did down in the uh, the Superdome where it's difficult to win. For sure. And man, that play by George Kittle at the end there oh, was man. just might have been the best play, most enjoyable play of the year. Yeah, it was it was the new age beast mode. You mm-hmm. know, Marshawn Lynch run. Yeah, <laughs> that was it was I, incredible. I forget what podcast I was listening to this morning. They said something along the lines of. It was like Gronk and Lynch had a baby on. Yes, you know? <laughs> it was like a Getting combination face of mask those two, the right? whole yeah. way. Yeah, certainly. Last but not least, here, Matt. Last one I wanted to talk with you about. Is there any team in the NFL right now hotter than the Los Angeles Rams? Sure makes the Steelers win over the Rams look pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know that wasn't all that long ago, folks, and the Rams have been tearing it up ever since. Um, I thought that'd be a really equal game last night, and I actually took Seattle to win the close one, so I didn't quite see that coming. But they made a lot of good points on the broadcast that this their offensive line's much more athletic. It's starting to round into form. Um, Goff needs that. I mean, when he was under pressure all the time, he struggles. And um, that also brings me to Seattle's pass rush. I mean, like, I think if the Rams played teams like the Niners, the Steelers, that rush the passer super well, mm-hmm. that's a problem for them. But Seattle isn't necessarily that type of team. So they are rounding the shape, and the and the Rams D is exceptional. It's a really good group. Really is. And yeah, they've stepped up. Interesting to see if they can. Uh, it's going to be tough for them to get in, but if they can get in, the Rams, watch out. They'd be one of those teams nobody would want to see. Yeah, right. And I don't know who would fall out. Right, because it'd have to be either the Seahawks or the Niners. One of those teams right. is going to be a wild card, and then the Vikings-Packers, right? Yeah, and the Niners go from five back to one, I think, in terms of yes. if the playoffs happen. Today. Right. I actually think the team that's the worst of the group, I mean, the, the East aside, because someone's going to win the East, I don't know the Green Bay's very good. Yeah, I'm starting. I mean, I was so high on them for the first half of the season. Yeah. I'm starting to, I thought to come back be down better. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, defense hasn't looked as good, and, and the run game hasn't looked as good. Right. Who's the second receiver? You mm-hmm. know, and Rodgers is is still a great player, but not the same. he's not the top guy It hurts in the me to anymore. say that because right. I love Aaron Rodgers. Right, but he's not the player Russell Wilson is. Or, right, you know. right. Yeah, interesting to see. 412-919-1316. Let's go back to the phone lines. Let's go to Connecticut here and talk to Mendel. What's happening, Mendel? Hey. What's up, buddy? What you got hey, for can us? Can you hear me? Oh, I got you loud and clear. Hey. So, um, oh, good. So, a nice team win again yesterday, and I just have a couple a couple points and a question. Sure. Um. You know what? I think that it was kind of a, a, a blessing in disguise, so to say, that, that Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner went down because you've just seen James Washington and Deontay Johnson, Kareth White and Benny Snell really show what they can, what they can make. And, and, with, and with Juju and Conner, it was kind of like just, just Juju and Conner, Juju and Conner, throw to them, get the ball to them. And we weren't really seeing enough you know, pushing the ball towards James Washington or um, letting Benny Snell, you know, really have it. And now, now I think because of that, when the season comes to the, you know, to the really the, the toughest part, now we have a better idea of what our weapons are. Yeah, it, it, there's Matt. We spent a lot of time at, I believe it was the combine last year, talking about calling plays versus scheming offense. Right. And when you, you know, when you're without AB and Lev Bell already, and then all of a sudden you lose their replacements and Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner, you better be able to scheme some offense. Yeah, and some of it's been desperate times, right. desperate measures, wildcat, do whatever you can to get by. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. And to this caller's point, uh, 
Oh, this is something that Dale and I have been harping on a lot is no matter how this season ends, if they lose their final three by 100 points, this team's got an immense amount of value for their young guys for next year, you know, oh, and without a doubt, it's not time to talk about next year, but all the, the snaps that these guys have been getting thrust into the action. And I think it's more true at the wide receiver position than any. Now you add Juju to the mix as opposed to, we got to get the ball to Juju every week, you know, force feeding that guy. Now he's just an addition to a good, really good young group. Um, the one thing, and I'm not arguing with you is I'm not sure that they have a right. I'm starting to think running back and tight end are the biggest offseason needs. Cool. Like, I'm not a big Connor believer. I don't think you can trust him. I know Benny Snell's easy to root for, but I thought he was, I think he's a very pedestrian athlete. And White is a spoke in the wheel. Samuels is poking the wheel. Um, but it, 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 I think they might need to use that second round pick on a running back, you know, something mm-hmm. like that, you know. I guess the good news in that regard is that. There's usually plenty of good yeah, running backs all, available. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you can get your Alvin Kamara's and oh, your all these guys. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of I mean, James that's Connor, the, third the sweet pick. spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on Twitter at Wesley Euler at Williamson NFL, we got some questions rolling in. We've also got the phone line still lighting up at four one two nine one nine thirteen sixteen. Let's go to Columbus, Ohio. Talk to Melvin. Wants to talk a little Tomlin and Colbert. It looks like. What's up, Melvin? Good morning. How you doing, guys? Outstanding. Awesome. Uh, Matt, good to have you on the One of my favorite people. I got to give you a shout-out. I like your education and uh, thoughts you bring to the game, to the conversation. I listen to you as well, Wes, but Matt's my guy. I'm sorry, Wes. <laughs> That's all right. That's Thanks, all right, man. Melvin. Nice of you to no, say. No disrespect, but Matt, Matt's a Pittsburgh guy, and I love him to death. He does, he does a good job on the show. Thank you. Um, my my comment today is something you brought up earlier, Wes, that I've been uh, – I live in Columbus, and we have a club here, uh, Steelers Nation 614. And uh, they they always come and talk to me because I come to the games a lot. And they always say, well, what, what do you think about our team? I'm like, look, everybody that hates on Tomlin and always has something to say, I want to put that, that dog to bed. That, that's got to go away. Because the job that Mr. Colbert, the scouting department, to include the coaches, especially Mike Tomlin, to do this on the run with people dropping like flies all over the place, <laughs> that brings it up all the time in his conversation with Dale. He, 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 he notices and identifies that, and I just think it's an outstanding job, and my game ball goes to uh, Mr. Culver and our scouting department for finding people on the run. And when you see their names, you're like, who? Right. <laughs> but when they get on the field, you're like, oh, oh, they can play. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's just a tribute to our team. We we don't we don't reload. We don't re- reload. We re-reload. We don't start over like Cleveland. We're not Cleveland. No rebuilding, just reloading, right? Yeah, yes, that's right. We, we don't rebuild, we reload. We're not Cleveland. We're not none of these other teams. And we got a lot of people that are very jealous of us right now. I, I see a lot of Dallas fans here. Yeah. They're oh, upset. Yeah. <laughs> you know what Tomlin would do with the Cowboys roster right yeah. now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where, yeah, where would Tomlin be with that roster? That's we awesome. Figure out how we're doing it. Uh, you know what, Melvin? But, we're we're trying to figure it out still, piece by piece over here. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. This is a tribute to a coach that understands what he wants to build in a team. 
And, and if you have a good team, your, your depth is one of the major points that you need to know what kind of team you have. If your depth is good all over the place, you can't cheat on us in any area. You can't say, well, they're not good in this position. They're not good in that position. They're good all over the place. And if we, if we, when somebody goes down, we bring somebody else in that can do just a quality job. They're not going to be AD. They're not going to be Lady on Bell. But they're going to be productive. They're going to follow the, 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 the program that's been set in place, the football program that's been set in place by Coach Tomlin and his staff. They're doing an awesome job. And a lot of people just need to take a step back and just relax and, and observe what they're watching and really mm-hmm. see what they're seeing because most people don't know what they're looking at. They don't realize the impact that it has on his team and on the other players. When you get, like, the other guys that are coming back, just think about the team that's going to come back next year, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but think about what they're seeing, the guys that are that are on injury reserve or about to come back to the team. Think about what AB is thinking, like, damn, I should be with my team. <laughs> Or free agents from other teams that want to come here. Yeah. That type of thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just a tribute to the job that they're doing. And a lot of people just need to really take a step back and observe how great a coach we have. Because those people are always saying, well, we need to get rid of Tomlin. He's this, that, and the third. But I always ask the same question. Replace him with who? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, Melvin. You make some fantastic points in there. I think most amongst them is organizational stability matters mm-hmm. from top to bottom. You see this with so many other organizations. And Melvin talked about the Browns there. That's a perfect example. The the the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys as well, too. Perfect example. You look at those rosters on paper. Yeah, they're more talented than Pittsburgh. Sure. Sure. Uh, Cowboys, I think Dallas have the best roster in the I league. I think they might have the best roster in the league. You right. look at uh, the Cowboys or the, the Browns roster, and other than offensive line and a couple holes on defense, you really like that roster mm-hmm. as well, too. Organizational stability matters. From the owner to the general manager to the front office to the head coach to the assistant coaches to the cafeteria workers to the radio hosts for the organization <laughs> – organizational stability matters, Matt, and continuity matters. Like we talked about in the first segment, having people in position who know what they're doing in their job mm-hmm. matters, and I think the Steelers are one of the blueprints for that across all sports, certainly in the NFL. Sure. I've had three head coaches in my lifetime, and I'm 46. You yeah. know? I mean, Since the Beatles went on Sullivan, they've had, <laughs> they've had three head coaches. I worked for the Browns for a year and saw three head coaches. I was there for 365 <laughs> days, and I, and I worked for three different head coaches. Um, he, he referred to it as the, the program. I like that because it reminded me of like what Saban is built with the, with the band, with Bama or Clemson or any Ohio of these. State, yeah, yeah. It just is, it, it just keeps year after manifesting year after, itself. Yeah. Right. And you know what you want. You know, I use that Browns reference, like that year was with the Browns. We were a very strict four, three team stack, you know, old school Miami and then Romeo comes in, and basically we just throw all those notes away. You know, like <laughs> it's just a small example of just knowing what they're they're looking for. It makes the scouts' jobs easier. You talked about all the way down from ownership. I mean, the the area scout that no one sees knows that's not the type of corner we're after. You know, I mean, Seattle's a perfect example. If you're going to be a corner in Seattle, you're going to be tall with long arms. We're not going to go for the little guy. I'm not going to bother waste my time. Coach doesn't want that. You yeah. know, I mean, those type of that's a small little example. 
of why these things work. And two other notes is I always say, and I stole this from Mike Lombardi, but quarterbacks are like baseball stadiums. You mm-hmm. know, you if you got a short right field porch, well, then you find left-handed power hitters. You yes, know? yes. But they built around Ben, you know, and sure. and they had to adjust on the fly. Sure. The baseball stadium went crumbling, and now they had to build a new one. You know, I mean, that's really hard to do. And a couple little guys, a couple other notes, quarterback aside, like Minka, Deion Kane, White, Vinette, when they were when they were acquired, they weren't in camp, right? They were right. They were like to, they had no clue what what they were getting. You know, like they they just they've been playing here. in somebody else's ballpark, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, they weren't these guys you knew when you coached for six weeks of camp and preseason like Duck. I mean, it was uh, nice to meet you. You're right. starting free safety, right? Four one two nine one nine thirteen sixteen and on Twitter at Wesley Euler at Williamson NFL. We will wrap up with your reaction as we put a ribbon on this victory Monday when we return. Matt Williamson, Wesley Euler in the locker room for Tunch and Wolf on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Tunchin Wolf on your 24-7 home of the black and gold Steelers Nation Radio. In the locker room, Wesley Euler, Matt Williamson in for Tunchin Wolf on the day after a victory Monday for your Pittsburgh Steelers. Three in a row, seven and one since I started singing, Mr. Williamson. Not that I'm taking the credit or anything. But, you know, I think if we're laying out the credit here, it's, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin one, Kevin Colbert two, Wesley Euler three. Uh, Fair. I'll take it. Uh, We talked a little bit about the run game and Benny Snell and potentially drafting a running back in the last segment. We open with your, we close, I should say, with your reaction here. As always, Trenton on Twitter says, don't you think the run game deserves a little props, though? Third game in a row with over 100 yards rushing. Yeah, no, I mean, it's much, much better. Um, and I'm not bashing these guys because I, I've said this many times. There was like a two-game stretch there, namely Thursday night in uh, in Cleveland where I didn't think they had NFL running backs. I yeah. mean, now they have NFL running yeah. backs. I just don't think the answer is there. I think these are backup types, you know. And the offensive line is – it all it, – it goes back to that conversation of why you lose in time possession battle. I mean, it's a, a group thing. Throwing the ball down the field opens up the running game. They have better runners now. The blocking's been a little bit better. So they all play off one another. And the defense is obviously the straw that serves a drink and allows them to stick with the running game, too. I mean, as everyone knows, if you run the ball 30 times, you have a better chance on carry 20 through 30 to break stuff open than you do early in the game, too. David, the Photoshop expert, tweets, have we seen the last of Switzer in a Steelers uniform? Uh I think so. I hope so. I, I He wouldn't have been in the uniform yeah. for me coming out of camp, to be honest with you. Uh, James tweets, if 2017 draft was re-picked, TJ Watt a top 10 pick, without a doubt, right? Without a doubt, but it's an awesome class. It really it, is. It's, funny it's a good draft. I yeah. did this a couple months ago, and it's easy to say, of course he is. He's a defensive MVP, but it's a really good draft, too. So, yeah, like Lamar wouldn't have went 32nd. Right, right. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah, top, ten, I mean, top five, top yeah, ten. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, would Sam Darnold go ahead of Watt? Probably. I mean, his quarterbacks. His, yeah. yeah. I mean, his five quarterbacks in the first round with right. Baker. Probably. Probably still. Yeah, right, yeah. right. You know? So, yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he'd be certainly a super high pick, but it was a really good class. It was. It was <laughs> now that you think about it, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> 
That was a good class. Particularly could be a good quarterback class, too, if those guys will continue to develop. Sure. Let's go back to the phone lines here. Let's uh, let's make these rapid fire. we got about five minutes here, so let's and hit Juju these. would have went pretty high, too. Yeah, you know, yeah he would not have been a second-round pick, right. that's for sure. Tomorrow, let's know, uh, rapid fire some phone calls here, guys. Make this quick. Frank in Pittsburgh. What's up, Frank? I just want to comment on a great show. Thank you. But, uh, you know, Tom's legacy has been he can't win this West Coast game against a bad team. And he's done it now this year, and he's won twice out West. And I think it's because the players now are not – they're not bigger than the team. Brown, Bell, James Harrison, those guys are all bigger than the team, and they didn't care. And this group seems to be all about the team. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts with this team. Yes. You go, did I, I, did I, did I say agree. that? Did I, say, did I use that analogy? I, I right? always say that wrong, too. <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> I mean, because the parts on offense are getting better, but they're questionable. Yes. You know, but don't overlook the special teams, the hidden yardage. Uh, one quick note, I'm sorry, because mm-hmm. I, I got my classes mixed up. The The TJ class is Miles Garrett. Okay. The, those guys. Okay. But still, That's it's right. an awesome That's class. Right. It's one McCaffrey. Year it's, yeah. you know, there's, there's studs there. So I got those crossed up. But, yeah, I agree. I mean, to me, that also lends itself to coaching, you mm-hmm. know, getting the most and putting them in the right spots and maximizing the sometimes limited talent. You want to know this crazy stat? Yes. Career victories in starts west of the Rocky Mountains. Ben Roethlisberger, too. I did hear that. Devlin Hodges, too. <laughs> right. It's pretty crazy how that stuff can work out sometimes. Let's go to Maryland. Bushwick Boogie wants to talk stellar receivers. What's happening, Bushwick? Yo, high energy west. You know it. You know it. And- and the smartest man in the room, Mr. Matt. Matt, you're so laid back. I love it, man. <laughs> I watched you on the videos. I was like, that dude is so cool. But you are smart, bro. You are smart. But my question is right here, right now, is that um, you come. I would maybe. Oh, no. Bushwick, we're losing you. You still there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay, we got you now. I heard you telling me I was smart, and then I kind of... <laughs> <laughs> and then he just blacked out from there. The important oh, stuff got so, through. But, Matt, do you think when Juju comes back, how you like this lineup? Juju probably won. Um, I'll put Washington at two and Johnson at three, or do you switch Washington and Johnson? I think you play more three receiver sets. Obviously, it's a great problem to have. I think it's pretty Move clear. Move guys around in the slot. Yeah, I mean, Washington can line up in the slot. Everybody can line up everywhere, but he's going to be your outside-the-numbers guy. He's going to be, like, what they wanted from Sammy Coates, but better. Um, I think I think Juju might take his old role with Deontay Johnson kind of being your A-B role. You know, I'm not saying he's necessarily the one, but he's highly versatile, and, and in the end... I haven't given this a lot of thought yet because I bet I guess it's something a good topic for this week is how to best use those guys. I think they're your three best skill position players. So I would agree. Yes, you got to play more eleven personnel, more three receiver sets mm. than you did in the past, and it doesn't mean you get away from the run, but you got to put your best players on the field, whether it's Juju in the slot or Johnson in the slot. But I think Juju's at his best in the slot, closer to the ball. He's a thicker-built guy. So I like Johnson and Washington on the outside, Juju in the slot, the highest number of snaps. we got about 90 seconds here, so let's close out with the real star of the show from Steeler Nation Chicago. What is happening, CR? Hey, CR, Steeler Nation Chicago, uh, hanging out with the Wild Wild West. (laughs) 
Well, it's, yeah, it's not it's not your show today, you know, with Moats not here. We got Williamson and some moving parts today, CR. Still got the theme music ready, though. I love it. Man, it, you know, I've been on here since I think I was the first or second person to call. You saved me to the end. We saved the best for last, always baby. Saved the best. Always save the best for last. Hey, um, uh, all my thunder's been gone. Hey, Matt Wilson, I really appreciate your show, man. You guys do, do a heck of a job. I listen to you every day. Awesome. Thanks, um, dude. But, um, hey, the, the, the thing is here with, uh, with the team, uh, I think we're doing an outstanding job um, with all these mix and match people we got, you know, second string, third string, fourth string people, people walking off the street, uh, getting jobs. We're doing quite well with that. As far as um, our, our team is concerned, we, we did well. I expected them to win that game. And as you said, this game coming up is going to be a very, very key game. Uh, I can't get all my stuff in because, um, you know, I got to get out of here. But I do want to give a shout-out to our regulars, uh, uh, Mike, Devin, Juan, Bishop, uh, Bushwood, Boogie. Uh, all these guys make the show what it is, and I appreciate you guys calling in. Yeah, and we out. love we so, love being able to take your guys' calls on on this side, CR. It's it's been a lot of fun to hear from you guys. Uh, we love it. You know, we got we got to get the phones working back down full time in the SNR studios. Get every <laughs> get everything rolling. CR, we got to go here. I apologize. We're thirty seconds from the hard break here, and I don't want to get on the Godfather staying Savern's bad side oh, being no. up here. You know, I don't want to wake up with a fish head. But hey, we'll be my, back at four. We'll maybe four we'll take some calls. Dale yeah, and that's I don't right. Do a lot that's of that, right. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to the, the phone word. lines. Four o'clock. I'll be in for Dale on the drive, so you can catch Matt and I again. Four o'clock on SNR. Thanks to Jacob for producing, and seriously, thanks to everybody who called in and tweeted the show. We love the participation. Tunch and Wolf will be back tomorrow. Matt Williamson, Wesley Euler in the locker room on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio.